Again, Tuesday nights, Guard Your Grill Boxing Podcast. Your host, Roberto Flack, and my man, Cold Train. What's going on, my man? Yo, 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 yo. It is fight weekend, really. <laughs> the fight we've been waiting for for now, man, I could say close to six months. Yeah. <laughs> as far as yeah. delays are concerned and what have you. Yeah. But uh, we're going to talk about it tonight, man. Keith Thurman versus Sean Porter live. Saturday night on CBS from Brooklyn, New York. Shout out to my Brooklyn, Brooklyn. crew on at the Barclays Center. So we're oh, finally going to get to see this fight. <laughs> Auto oh, Brooklyn I'm is excited. a, a Birkin, Birkenstock smoothie latte joint type spot now. <laughs> I don't know about much. That. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I, <laughs> I, I know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not a, a Brooklyn native, but I mean, I got a lot of, <laughs> you know, fam and crew out in right, Brooklyn. Right, I've right, been right. in Flatbush and yeah. a lot of different areas. And, you know, I haven't been there in a minute, but like it, I've been told and from what I've seen, obviously, like things have been changing <laughs> in Brooklyn. But just, just to um, paint a broad picture, Biggie's apartment that he grew up in, is like a multi-million dollar complex, you know. Yeah. And they charge man. a lot of money to live here a month just to paint a broad picture on what's taking place, you know. That's yes. all through America, but... <laughs> but I digress. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, we got... I mean, we're obviously going to talk about that tonight, but there's obviously tidbits and news, you know, no. surfacing as, as, as recent no. as like a few hours ago. <laughs> and cooking. And, uh, cooking. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and we sure. and you know what? I feel like we've been talking about this for a minute. Oh no, and and, yeah. and and I want to credit you particularly. Um, well, we'll talk about it in a second. As far yeah. as this, uh, yeah. uh, one of the yeah. or, or one of the major stars in boxing, and who his next uh, opponent might be, who might be another major star in boxing. But uh, before we get to that, um, or you know, really the the potatoes of you know the obvious Thurman. Porter preview. Uh, I, I think it's 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 known out there now, or widely known that we're going to get a mega fight November nineteenth at the T-Mobile Arena, pitting Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward. Now we know that Sergey Kovalev has a fight coming. Uh, I believe in July. July. Yeah, July, I believe I is uh, for right. July and. I wasn't aware of the guy he was fighting, and then somebody kind of tipped me today about. It's a, it's a Russian guy, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 Um, his the, his name is Isaac uh, Chalemba. Now I have I don't know much about him, but word is he's another guy that um, I I don't believe he's Russian. He's not Russian. Yeah, I don't. He's a model. He's from Model Wayne. Okay, where's where's that? I don't know. <laughs> Our apologies. <laughs> yeah, we're not, uh, my we're geography's not pretty geography. good, but yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Geography, but, uh, pop quiz, but yeah, <laughs> the fight is taking place in Russia, though, and it's oh, that's now, what I meant. It's, it's taking place in Russia. I knew it was yeah. something Russian, something. Now, exactly. now here, now here's this. Here's the thing with this fight, and I kind of found out about it today. Now, naturally, we all um, 
you know, we're kind of used to fights happening on a we a weekend or you know a Saturday. Now we're seeing Friday fights. This yeah. fight is taking place on Monday. What? Yeah, Why? like Why? no clue. Now, now here's the other thing. If the fight is happening in Russia, there's a very good chance that this fight's going to be at like four o'clock, five o'clock. So, how many hours are they ahead of us? It's like six, seven, depending on the right. t- on our you know time difference and right. what have okay. you. So, right. uh, my man hit me up about it today, and he was like, uh, he's like, yo, this fight is happening on Monday. I'm like, really? I so then never I checked, heard of that ever. And, yeah. like, even back in but, the day. But, but, yeah, but see, back in the day, there'd be fights. I mean, we had Tuesday night fights, but there would be well, like Tuesday, regular yeah, fights Monday, on a Wednesday night. night. Like right. major fights, I should say, you know? Right, no doubt. Yeah, I saw Mayweather fight on USA to fight. Well, you know. Well, Rock, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. But, yeah, that's that fight is happening um, July 11th. Monday, so I guess put that on your calendar. A lot of people wow. will kind of, you know, forget that. Now, it if, is being now, televised look, look, by HBO, what if, though. What if something, okay, so you will see it. I'm like, what if something happens and you don't see the fight? I assume HBO will show, like, yeah. the fight later on at night, but I, I can't just imagine found it rather odd that it's a Monday night, you know. That, that was like, wow. I'm going to go on and say this isn't a Felix Stern situation. It's a winnable fight. So, well, that's what I was going to get to. Uh, apparently, you know, there's some some uh, some boxers that have trained with Chalemba apparently say that this guy isn't uh, that much of a pushover. But I, I really haven't seen him fight, so it's really kind of tough for me to, you know, right. pinpoint that. But anyway, I'm going to be that, honest with you. I'm going to be honest. Can I just say something real quick about this whole thing, what they're doing? Yeah. I think it's stupid business. I'm going to be honest. And, and, and here's why. You fighting a guy in some foreign, even though, uh, granted, Kovalev's not from America either, but he's American and British. So you're ready to fight the fight of your life, right? Now let's just go through history of boxing when you take a tune-up. Name me a fighter that took a tune-up on foreign soil, mind you, when they didn't have to. That's one thing. you got to get your name known. you got to get recognition. But to take a fight on foreign soil, I'm not blaming Cola. I'm blaming the people that write the, you know, the business analysts. Anything can go wrong in that scenario. Like, so much can go wrong. The Oscar situation, I brought up with Felix Stern, Oscar was promoting his own fights at that particular time. So nothing can really go wrong for him because he had control of everything. And it was right. on American soil. So I just think that it's it's, it's, it's risky for no reason. Now, this might just be a, a conversation about nothing, but I'm like, I'm, listen, like he's fighting Andre Ward in November. He slipped on a banana pill. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna say that he lost. You know, anything can happen. I'm not 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 that that's gonna literally happen, but so much can go wrong, more so than right, when you're fighting on foreign soil. Pull up fight. That's really kind of meaningless. Other than to stay busy, like what? What? What is he going to get out of beating this guy? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that it's exactly. I don't know, man. It just seemed kind of like. I mean, we've been watching this sport a long, long time, and I bet you we couldn't find a scenario like this where somebody had to go on foreign soil for a tuna fight before a big fight in America. 
I yeah, mean, I don't I mean, know. I, like, I can't it just recall. It yeah. strange to me. When I first read it, well, I don't know the way we got on the Tyson show. Douglas. Tyson that Douglas. Was technically, was, was a tune-up, right? Uh, it was and it wasn't. Because Douglas, it's funny. We don't remember back then because it just wasn't a lot of coverage with stuff. But from what I was told was there were some people, even though it was a 41, 40 to one underdog. But that situation was kind of different because. Tyson was an attraction, and they were trying something new. And Tokyo at that time was like a place where they could go and make a lot of money. It's not like he was fighting some guy from Tokyo. And it's not like he was setting up. Tyson was already established at that point. Now, if it was like Tyson, 21-year-old, fighting Bone Crusher Smith in China before he fought whoever after that, then yeah. But at that point, he was already Mike Tyson punch out et cetera, et cetera. And they went over to Tokyo because they basically paid him a boatload of money to come there. So that's kind of how that situation happened. But I was more so speaking of where a guy has a tune-up for a big fight like Kovalov has for war, and he's basically just fighting a stay-busy fight. Right. And... That, I mean, and that's that's Kovalev, and you know we've been hearing that Ward, especially what you're telling gonna, me now was, about some talk w- about the, you saying this guy actually can be pretty, might be pretty good. From what I hear, I, that right. he's not. I mean, I, like it's it's not that like he would he he's beat like him, a but he's underdog, but not a pushover. Like, Kovalev should beat him, but it's not necessarily too much of a pushover. But what we found out today is Andre Ward is going to take a tune-up fight as well. August sixth at the Oracle Arena. Where's, let everybody know where his tune up fight's gonna be, by the way. Oakland, California. <laughs> okay, right. <rest laughs> my the Oracle Arena. That, that, say no more. Say no more. Say no more. Uh, like that's that's in the story right there. Now I know yeah. what people are gonna say, well, Kolov doesn't have the benefit of a hometown in America. They, yeah, that's true. But you can't tell me that they couldn't go to New York. Now, I don't. I, and before I speak, you know, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of stuff that has to play out, like dates, TV time, the fighting fight on Monday is kind of strange. So maybe there was nothing available. Maybe that was the best option. I don't know. All I'm saying is just thinking. I this just just my first thought was like when I read the article, I'm like, why here? Why here? Before your biggest fight of your career. I mean, listen, this could all be a meaningless conversation you and I have. But we're on a radio show. This is what we do. We speculate. So, I don't know, man. I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I'm just hoping everything goes well. Yeah, he's going to, he's fighting. Because I'm going to be pissed brand. off. Because I want to see this fight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, the, the, the thing about it, too, is, like, I mean, I think they're trying to paint the picture kind of like how they did back in the day where, you know, one guy would have a fight against, you know, a guy he should be, against, you know, I got to you. set up, I got you. The, you know, the big fight. I mean, that's kind of how I see it. And, and I, I, I kind of see it, especially with the Ward situation where he's fighting, you know, a, a 39-year-old fighter coming up. Right. In, in essence, from super middleweight to light heavyweight. Right, right. And right, he was right, actually right, right. lined up to fight Ward like a few, like I think in his last fight or, or maybe before. And I guess they couldn't work something out or whatever. But he's fighting, you know, August 6th. Now, here's the thing with Ward, and, and, you know, I guess in, in contrary to uh, – uh, to Kovalev, he's fighting a lot closer to the point when Kovalev and right. Ward would be fighting. 
And I was telling this to somebody today is I'm like, yo, man, you know, considering that Ward hasn't been very active. Now, look, mind you, he has been training during the time when, you know, you know, um, the whole the whole situation with Goosen and so forth. But, you know, he was harboring injuries, too. So this is going to be. And and again, we saw that and not to compare to Floyd or anything, but like we saw this with Floyd, too, where. Well, right. He went from being inactive a, a right. bit, and we're fighting once a year. Then he started fighting twice a year and going right into training camp like a month after. Now with Ward, the fight's August sixth, and you know the the, the the scheduled date right now, T-Mobile Arena is November nineteenth for Kovalev and Ward. So you're talking about September, October, November, and like you're, I'm thinking of eight week training camp. Yeah, and that's yeah. very close to like you know going from <laughs> one training camp to the next. So it 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 it, cre- it kind of creates somewhat of a, a, a side narrative to this fight when you think about um, you know leading into the fight. Like with Ward, is is he going to be maybe? Um, some people don't believe in overtraining, and like I I kind of like agreed to like a certain you know degree right. when it comes to that but i think you have to also factor age and also injuries too that ward is yeah. kind of harbored we'll see man i mean I, I i i agree with you but i we've also seen this play out so many times i mean the, yeah, right the, i mean the, the, i can also point out examples where it worked you know a whole bunch of times where guys foreclosed and guys took a risky tune-up and it yeah. all works out. Nobody, you know what I mean, and no harm, no foul, and the fight lived on the big fight, you know. But we've right. also seen Carlos Bosomer and Zab Judah, <laughs> a whole another set of circumstances. Because anytime you bring Zab Judah up as an example, you kind of got to couch it. So, right, right. You know, uh, I digress on that. But let's just all keep our fingers crossed and hope that everything goes well. Both guys beat their tune-ups. No shady stuff overseas. The main concern about Ward is, you know, I was texting you and Rada Dow is accidental headbutt, uh, elbow to the eye, you know, uh, just anything, you know, a, a, a torn quad, you know. Well, anything can go so wrong. Close, I mean, yeah. You know, that's more of my concern with him than him actually losing, you know. Um, with Koval, my concern is what I talked about, all the intangibles of fighting someone you know, uh, so far away, and, you know, right before you got a big fight. But Kovalov, you know, he's kind of coming to his own, and I don't know nothing about this guy. I've never seen him, but i got to believe that the scouting team did their job, and this is a guy he probably will put down pretty easily. Give him some good rounds, because it's all about getting the rounds in, too. You know, good good sparring, getting the rounds. Not sparring, but kind of like sparring. But it's real live action. You're getting around, and you know, getting ready. So we'll see. Right, right. So going on to now, um, some well, I mean, we have to touch on this. I mean, there was uh, a pretty moderately big upset <laughs> this past Saturday night. I mean, this is a fight that I didn't even actually watch live. I, I found out late. I mean, yeah. I knew about it the day before. I just kind of got home late, didn't catch it live. Yeah, they were live. talking about it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you know, this uh, it, it's <laughs> it, it's kind of a, a situation where fights like this or situations like this uh, shake up a division, you know. And this is right. a guy 
you know, when we're talking about, you know, who I'm speaking of is uh, uh, Andres Fonfara, who is a guy who is coming off uh, – I, I forgot who he fought last, but, you know, in a way his claim now has been, you know, him dropping uh, Donna Stevenson and him beating uh, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. So he was a guy at light heavyweight that we were thinking, like, you know, this guy can be, you know, somewhat of a, a – uh, a dark horse and or kind, you know one of those guys that just is always fringe, a tough fight for you a winner fringe, lose, you know? a fringe, fringe, a fringe right fringe contender guy yeah, I got you yeah and um, you know we you know he happened with Joe Smith Junior right and, and we're sitting and I'm sitting there thinking like oh you know okay you know uh, a little showcase fight and that did not happen as he you know Fafaro got hit with a na- I think it was a nasty left hook it was, got yeah, dropped it was yep. Mm-hmm. And the fight Somebody was pretty much over after that. On Instagram, it was pretty, a pretty nasty knockout too, man. Yeah, I mean, you could go on YouTube. I mean, it's all over yeah. the place, man. But I mean, that was a you know bit of a shakeup, uh, and you know this is how I mean, I, don't, I I mean I wouldn't say Joe Smith is is a star overnight, but I mean I think we he's obviously going to get put in some fights that I don't think he was even expecting <laughs> the night before he fight he fought from Forest. So I mean that's. That's the way boxing works sometimes, man. I mean, that's what that's why this sport is just so unique. And when when things like this happen, like you just never know, man. But uh, beyond that, um, I'll I'll talk about this one <laughs> uh, tidbit, and I don't know how serious this is, but I did read today that this is a major consideration. You know, I guess it'll segue into what we're going to talk about next before the meat and potatoes, but. Um, Gennady Golovkin is in search of an opponent. The one name that uh, is now floating to the surface and almost you know might be a reality <laughs> is uh, Chris Eubank Jr. And some people might yeah, be scratching uh, their heads like, "Whoa, yeah. <laughs> what?" Yeah. And if you, I, I should say, like boxing fans obviously know who he is, but the casuals likely don't, and I would say the casuals probably don't know who his father is. Well, so, the UK, the UK fan base knows who he is. They do. And I think that's right. what they're banking on. I mean, this is kind of mm-hmm. one of those fights where America is like, okay, they're they're just like a kind of an afterthought in this. Country. Right, right. And I thought for a second, like, why are they doing this? And then you yeah. just hit the nail yeah. on the head. Yeah. I'm like, the Euro, the 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 UK audience will come out for both of those guys because yeah. whether people think. So or not, Golovkin, even internationally, is an attraction, man. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think if he had fought in the UK, you're telling me that people aren't going to, like, sell out wherever that place is going to be? Boxing is like, listen, boxing yeah. over there is like how we were all watching the NBA finals yeah, the yep. over there. Yep. And, and, and the, the, the yeah. boxing and, and football, you know, soccer, right. you know, the, soccer. what we call right. soccer here. Mm-hmm. Those, are, that's, those are the two. Yeah. So I started to think, and I'm like, well – on one end, you're going to have a lot of people, the boxing fans, say, like, oh, this is a cherry pick, right? You know, who's Eubank fought or beaten, I should say, because he fought Billy Joe Saunders, lost. And and I, I don't think it was really much of a dispute, at least on my end when I saw it. But uh, when you think about Golovkin now trying to look for an opponent, he, they're gonna like you said. I think they're gonna try to tap into a market they really haven't tapped into yet. 
And he seems like the most logical guy. Now, people would argue, well, why doesn't he fight James DeGale? And I think, you know, him and Badu Jack obviously have to fight first, and that fight's going to happen in the fall before them two would ever fight. So that might that fight, it's, it's crazy as it sounds, it might happen. You know, and I'm not, like, I'm 50-50 on it, but, like, I, I get it. Um, I just, I, I think Golovkin's team, if that does happen, they better prepare for, like, you know, major criticism, I should say, like, on our side of the, of, of the pond, where, like, in the U.K., it's going to be a mix of people riding for Eubank Jr. and people wanting to just see Golovkin fight in the U.K., and there's going to be people who hate on Golovkin and want to see him lose. Like, he has – it's weird. It, he's not a pompous guy, but, like, he has some rabid fans that do, like, you know, want to see him lose because, you know, they think, like, you know, you ducked Andre Ward and you don't want to fight this guy, you don't want to fight Lara. So there's that dynamic, too. It could mean, like, a big, like, outing if he goes to the U.K., but, like, I, I would expect and I would, I, in a sense, understand, like, the backlash he would get as far as, like, the choice of opponent. What you wanted to t- you want to touch on that or? Yeah, I was muted. My bad. No, what I was saying was it's a catch twenty two with him, you know, because like you said, you got these junior middleweights out there, which is a weight class beneath beneath, but they're not really all established guys yet either. Uh, Lauren's the most established guy. Um, he's not the most exciting guy to watch. Uh, in the boxing world, we would. You know, most boxing fans would love to see the fight because Lars a slick boxer and uh, Triple G is a puncher. So that's always a, a, a good uh, recipe, a good mix when you've got those two different styles clashing. But then you got to look at it from their perspective. They're looking at from a business. You always got to put the business in this as well. You know, they're trying to get him paid. And, you know, that's why you got a Chris Eubank Jr. fight happening. I know people don't want to see it, but, you know, it's a business, you know. Um, and these fights will happen. You know, just like, just like you know, when Mayweather fought the Guerreros and the Victor Ortiz, I didn't want them to fight those guys, but I understood, like, out of the pick of, pick of the litter at that particular time, he took the what was the best available guys, like, that made sense business-wise. And that's the module for boxing now. So people better get used to it, you know, and – we can voice our opinion. We can complain, but these guys today, they, they, they operate like businessmen. And the, like I talked about the UK thing, some people will say, "Well, why would, why would he fight him?" Well, just like any other corporation, you look for a market. You know, well, just like one corporation, I don't know where everybody works, but if you work for a large corporation, nine times out of ten, they're going to expand and open up a company somewhere else in another region. And they tap into a market that you know that's conducive to what they're selling or offering, and that's kind of what Triple G's doing. His people are doing right now. Like, oh, let's let's tap into this market. Oh, he's he's hot over there. All right, cool. Let's find a name, something they'll be fine with. You know, we'll we'll make out off of it. You know, we'll make out pretty decent financially. And of course, he's gonna run right through Chris Eubank Jr. But you know, I mean, it's it's a business move. Just until he. What needs to happen happens, and I do think in the end, I just think people got to be patient. I, I've learned that one thing about this sport: you just got to be patient and let stuff unfold. 
I think sometimes it's fans who want stuff to happen instantaneously, you know. But it just takes time for stuff to build up. And right now, there's nobody at middleweight right now. So all that's left, really, well, there's a guy at middleweight, but he's not technically a middleweight. We'll get into that in a second. But you guys understand what I'm saying. The guys that make good fights for him are fighting the weight class beneath. You have to let them get established. And these at, and then at that point in time, Triple G's going to have no choice but to fight these guys. And when I say these guys, I'm talking about maybe like a, a Charlo brother, a, 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 Bo, a Booby uh, Andrade type of guy. Uh, even Laura, you know, you put him in the mix. You know, because you can't just keep fighting guys that – bring nothing to the table because, again, it has to be some type of financial gain. Right. And you just got to wait and just you got to let stuff unfold because, let, look, we can go back through history and it's like we it was a lot – like who the hell in Trinidad was going to move up to the way he fought? You know what I mean? Like you just don't know yeah. what's, the, what's around the corner. Like let's be honest. Like we was talking, me and you, this is 1996 or 1997, and I'll say to you, hey, Roberto, man, I think – Trinidad gonna fight Bernard. You like yo, coach? Yo, whatever you was chiefing on, man, spread some my way. Like, <laughs> you be like, seriously, like you be like, are you crazy? You seriously though? Just can you imagine somebody telling you that back then in 1996? Right. Like you would have right, looked at right. him like they had three heads. You, we just don't know. Just like, and I agree with Bobby Amber when he said this. He, he said just to get off subject a little bit. He said Lomachenko might find might fight Terence Crawford one day. That didn't sound crazy to me because look at Pacquiao. Like, yeah, I was man, just going to say that. Yeah, you just don't know. Like, and people just got to be patient. That's just man. how funny. Yeah, I mean, I agree yeah, with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I think sometimes we're fiends, man. I mean, look, we want, yeah, we are, and I'm one we, too. We want, we want that filet mignon like every yeah. plate, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I know you know, shot the shot the. Shout out to ROD, you know, the yeah, vegan, yeah, but, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, um, I think, I think um, for the, for Golovkin's situation, I mean, I think you have to look at kind of like what Marvin Hagler went through. Uh, Marvin Hagler, for years, went through fighting fringe contenders, top twos, oh, top three. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and, and it got to a point where it was like, I mean, and he, and trust me, he got screwed in his own right, you know, early in his career. But um, it wasn't until he fought Roberto Duran that he got like a big money fight, and and even at that case, you know, like he, you know, that was a close fight. It wasn't until the Tommy Hearns fight where he kind of like became um, a commercial success, you but know, who, where he started who, who, doing who, the right guard commercials and all that. And right, yeah, and, and, but, but that took a while. But look, you, you just hit on something. You just hit on a, a very vital point. The guys that he fought were smaller guys. I mean, when we talk about Hagler, we forget about that. He made his bone. Now, of course, he fought the Mugabe's and other world. But yeah, right. No, he fought like for those guys. Those guys weren't household names. Those are are we're nuts, right? Things. So when we talk about a John Mugabe, those are guys you and I can talk about. But when Joe from down at the Wawa, he's going to talk about <laughs> Hagler and Hearns, yeah. Hagler versus Durant, and obviously Hagler and Leonard. Those are the three fights he's going to bring up. And just to bring a full circle to everything that we're t- we've been talking about, they were all smaller guys. All smaller yeah. guys. That came and up in weight to fight them. Yeah. What I'm saying about the, the, the best thing, 
people can't see people can't see things see things on the certain they gotta wait and let stuff unfold. But you know, from us watching this sport for so long and we it, it, one thing about life in sports most most definitely, it's a cycle. It's a cycle of life in, in sports. And the best thing that happened to Triple G is that that junior middleweight is hot and popping. That's the right. best thing that because what's gonna happen is by Canalo uh, you know, we'll get into this in a second. By him going on his own tour and fighting in his own weight class, it opened up lanes for other people. And that division has names that they are pushing, and, he, and Triple G people should be thankful of this. They got names that they're pushing down there. Like these guys are getting showcase dates. They're going to continue to get uh, uh, stardom. And they're going. you know what's going to happen. Listen, man. 160 is 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 is, is, a, is a, a, a skip jump away from 154. So those yeah. guys, <laughs> and, and I feel bad, you know. For Phil, shout out to Philly's own Julian Williams, because yeah. a guy like him, unfortunately, and remember I asked him Roberto about it. He was like, he's not worried about it. But I had to ask him because I just know how the politics of boxing work, you know, and right. it's a business like we talked about. And unfortunately, a guy like him kind of get wiped out, you know what I mean, because these guys, after they, you know, they're, they're, these are <laughs> these are big junior middleweights, too. Like, the, which one? The one that fought Austin Trout, because one of them was bigger than the other, even though they're Jamal. Trying. Okay, yeah, Jamal, that guy yeah, that fought yeah, yeah. him, he looks like a middleweight, okay? Like, yeah. just, they don't look like our junior middleweights that we grew up watching. They don't look like Fernando Vargas. Like, these guys are huge. They're big, yeah. I mean, the stout, like, just naturally big guys. You know what I'm saying? These are big guys. So, I'm telling you, man, I just got this feeling that one of them kids, one of those guys, that's who Triple G's going to end up fighting. I mean, that's the thing, man. I mean, that's what I've been saying is, you know, because everybody's pushing for him to move up, move up. I'm like, yo, nah, man, like. He don't need to. There's no money up there. Why would he do that? Right, and that's what it is. Yeah. There's no, there's, yeah. there's not, there, there isn't an appetizing fight for him to go up. And then the, the, the whole thing with Andre Ward, like, I get that. Like, I understand that point of view, but, like, the reason I made it, I made the mention of Hagler's, Hagler never went anywhere. Now, look. Right, to, right. To, to, to the credit that, you know, there wasn't though. 160. Right. But he was smart. Yeah, he was smart. Yeah. He's doing. I mean, he what, 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 I, what I'm talking about right now. He waited. He, he was smart. Well, he. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it was a situation where back then, you know, there wasn't a hundred sixty division, so he could he have to move up fifteen pounds. But I got right. what you're saying. But I mean, at the same time, you know, Le, um, Leon Spinks. I'm sorry, Michael Spinks was calling him up to fight at le- at like 170 right. pounds. To people fight got collective like, memories of Roberto. He, they don't remember yeah, stuff but see, like but that. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, you know. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's like I look at Golovkin, it, it is so funny how there it's not exact parallels, but there there are parallels to where where both guys are at, at their careers. The thing with Golovkin is like he's a little older in his career, but the only thing I say with that is you look at Floyd. Floyd's thirty eight and he can still outbox ninety five percent of the fighters. Yeah, and there. Triple G, he's a young thirty three though. He's not right, like, right, right. He's not like when he was fight. young. Like Ray Leonard retired when he was thirty two, which is equivalent to forty two right now. And like, but also, like, and, and I love Sugar Ray Leonard. He'll tell you this and stuff. He wrote books and stuff about it. Those guys didn't exactly live. The cleanest, the, the cleanest lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, 
You know what I mean? That these is a good point. Like, that is a good point. Yeah, sports science, that's just so different. Now, these guys got their own chefs. Yeah. They they know what type of salt to put in their, you know, in their eggs. That's even if they even eat real eggs. You know, I mean, this is, like, so different now. But he's a young 32. He hasn't been in really any wars. Now, he's beat up guys. He don't fight long and fight. So he's fresh. He's fresh. He's like right. 28 in boxing age. Right. So like, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's how you, I mean, yeah. that's, that's kind of, I mean, he, he looks like he has everything still intact, you know, and, yeah. and, and look, man, and, and look, I mean, speaking for the 30 and over club, man, <laughs> um, you know, people take, people kind of take for granted, like in this day and age, man, like, you know, we, you, you know, you're not going to see me like do some of the stuff I was, was doing when I was, when I was 21, 22, Yo. as far as like athletics are concerned. But at you, the same time, right, right. we ain't, we, we ain't, we don't have a foot in the grave either, man. And, and no, I, man, I, like, I got to take Motrin. Listen, my dude, I got to take Motrin like every morning some days like, just <laughs> to get out of bed. I mean, where we're at, like I had to get a new, this is like, it's funny when you get older, the stuff that you invest your money in, and you know, you and I was joking, talking about sneakers and stuff. I just had to spend like $1,300 on a mattress just so my back can be straight. Like, you know, <laughs> this is what happened. You, you can relate my, you, it's like when you get older, yeah, man. I used to swim a lot. That was like one of my exercises. Man, like, I used to run, I could rip off like 15, 16 laps. After like six laps, I'm like <laughs> huffing and puffing. I mean, I can keep going, but I got to stop. I mean, it just yeah, happens, yeah, yeah. you know. It, you know, age catches up with you. But the difference is, me and you versus a, a Triple G or Mayweather. I don't have a chef with me, like right. telling me what to put <laughs> and what not put in my body. I don't have a sports scientist that hang with me. You know what I mean? Like they have all these people like hanging around them. It's people don't understand how different it is. Like back in the day, you had like somebody like Mackie Shellstone who was just like this strength and conditioning guru. He was just like one guy. Now they got like 10 guys with them. I remember when Kodo, was it Kodo? One of them, I forget who it was. might have been Kodo. And he was fighting somebody, and they had this dude who was like monitoring his weight. There was all these diagrams and charts. I'm like, wow, you know. But that's, that's today's athletes, man. You see it in all sports. You know, you see it Serena Williams, 35, six years old, still dominating tournaments. You know, uh, Tim Duncan almost 40 playing. LeBron James 32 playing like he's 22. I mean, it's just a different day and age, man. Because, you know, when we was young, once you got in your 30s, your career was over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's the thing. And then, like, and even for me, man, like, I, I feel, because, like, I mean, you guys know I work out and everything. And, right, no doubt. And, yeah. You know, I, I mean, on one end, I could say, that I feel like I'm in probably the best shape of my life, but if I even ran two, three games of full court ball right now, you better believe, That's, and it happened yeah, about right, like about right. eight, nine months ago where I, I barely got out of bed proper, man. And, <laughs> and that's age, dude. So right. trust me, but ball, man. Right, it, I, yo, I, I believe it. I believe it, man. Yeah. Um, but I do agree, though. Like, I think Triple G is a young 30. I think he's 33. Nah, he is, man. But well, whatever he is. I know he's young. He don't look like he's, he's yeah. going down anytime soon. He got right, a good right. five years left. I mean, a good one. And let's be honest, man. The way these guys fight now, these guys fight two times a year. Like, yeah, that's another thing, too, two man. Times a year? I mean, look, to get back to Leonard, um, between 1980... In 1983, he fought Roberto Duran twice, 
Mm. He fought Wilfredo Benitez. I think he fought him at 79 Ooh. or 80. And then he fought Tommy Hearns. And, you have, yo, between two of those fights, I mean, look, the Hearns fight to me took years off of his career. Hearns, too. And, they were, and also, you know, it was 15-round fight, too. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and mind you, Hearns was winning that fight. But yeah. I think these guys, I mean, Floyd in particular, and, and, you know, they've managed, and, and this isn't a knock to, like, who he, they picked the fight. They've, Floyd has just fought in a way where he's preserved his body not a friendly style like them. They do. They do pick who they do. And they do. That's the error of boxing. They do. They do pick who they want to fight now. Like that's the difference now. So you can preserve yourself. You can pick and choose who you want to fight, what kind of style you right. want to fight. You don't have to fight like you. You don't have to go through the division and fight an Antoine Eccles like yeah. Bernard did. However many years ago that was, you know, guys that. You're like, man, do I gotta really fight this dude? Like, ah, okay, you know what I mean? Like, if I want to put him on my belt, I guess I gotta fight him. Guys don't have to do that no more. They throw belts in the trash can, you know. And I yep, hate to literally. use as, as I hate to use Canelo Alvarez as the the butt of every point we make. But you just saw him <laughs> throw his belt in the trash can. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. You, you know what I mean? Much you did. Oh well. To kind of, I guess, to kind of segue into him. <laughs> um, we've been dropping, we we've been dropping bars on Canalo. It's time like we, we need a flex bomb here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yo, man, but, um, so you know, in, in, on the opposite end of the pole, you know, or the opposite end of the spectrum, when we talk about Golovkin and Canelo, Canelo Alvarez, uh, there's been speculation about who he'd be picking the fight and you know he's no longer the WBC champion but technically he's still the ring magazine slash millennial champion you know again we're back to that whole <laughs> you know story again but um to credit Coltrane he said this like early in the year or I should say probably after the Bradley fight um there is talks now that Manny Pacquiao and Canelo Alvarez could potentially fight September 17th in Vegas or in Texas, which I don't see why they wouldn't do it in Texas. But needless to say, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. You, you, people will be uh, they're scratching their heads like, okay, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Is he a middleweight? What, you know, who's, you know. No. And look. No, he's, no, he's not. Yeah, it's yeah. Really you not, know, like uh, this is. I would. Oh, no, go ahead. Gosh. No, what I was going to say, what what Canelo Alvarez is, and everybody knows a guy like this, right? So when you was in high school, right? Everybody graduate, but you always had that one homie who was still hanging around the high school, even though he graduated. <laughs> that's what Canelo Alvarez is. He's the guy that's still hanging around the high school and picking out fights with high school kids. Or a, lot, a better analogy would be the high school kids still hanging around the middle school he went to. You know, so I just think that there's a lot of factors that play out when it comes to Canelo Alvarez, and I've always been very adamant about this. They were able to skate through the skin of their teeth with, with, with uh, two fights, the Austin Trout fight and the Lar fight. Whatever people may think, if people don't think Laura did enough, whatever, Trout, whatever. They were split decisions, 
that could have went either way. Now, he won both fights. We'll give him. We'll give him that. Then you fast forward to the Khan situation. Now, Canelo, once he decides he wants to fight at 155 pounds, that was an indirect way of saying he can't make 50. He can't make 154 pounds. And if he does make 154 pounds, there's a lot of young studs. We just talked about the division in list for the last 15 minutes about how much talent is down there, and it's a lot of risky. No reward type of fights down there at junior middleweight. So what they decided to do was let's fight at 155 pounds. This way, we can kind of still be in between three divisions, the three divisions being 160, junior middleweight, and welterweight. So they basically hedged their bet, so to speak, by moving up to 155 because it never left – there's three there, – no door was ever shut pretty much. So by him moving to 155 – it don't sound crazy when a guy like Pacquiao, excuse me, like a guy like Khan or a guy like Pacquiao to move up in weight because especially Pacquiao because he's moved up in weight already to fight a Antonio Margarito. So they look at it like, well, he already moved up in weight. So this is not, not I'm telling you, this is not even, I'm, be prepared because this is what you're going to hear. He's already moved up in weight. Khan never moved up in weight. Okay, we'll agree. That was a bad idea. Pacquiao has shown that he can move up in weight and fight at a bigger weight class. Here's the difference, though, this time around. And I know my brethren think that Pacquiao is going to beat Canelo. And on paper, he probably could. Here's the problem, and we saw this in the con fight. Pacquiao is at such an unfair disadvantage by fighting a bigger, younger guy. When he fought Margarito, he fought a bigger guy. And we saw what happened with Margarito courting with that body shot him wincing. Now, he's fighting a guy that's younger and a better fighter than Margarito. I'll give him that. And he's almost, he's a middleweight pretty much. And what is he going to rehydrate to when he comes in the ring? So it's going to be the same scenario again. The only difference is Pacquiao, he'll probably last longer than Khan to be able to put his hands on him. But I knew this fight was going to take place. I wasn't 100% sure, but I knew they could sell it. And the selling point is going to be, watch, Roberto, I'm telling you, they're going to reflect back to when Pacquiao fought Margarita. Even though it was a couple pounds different, they're just going to say, oh, he can move up. And when Freddie Roach came out and said, I don't get – you remember, Roberto, he said this, I don't care about the 150-pound pounds. That guy is ordinary, and my fighter will beat him. He said, but if I did fight him, there will be a rehydration clause. Pretty much. Right. That, there you have it, folks. That's going to be your fight in September. He's not fighting on HBO. And then, see, that's the thing. Like, Kanawa Alvarez, they done built him up so much. Like, he's not fighting on HBO no more. That's over. That shit is sell. So all his fights, they're trying to make him be Mayweather, pretty much. But all his fights is going to be on pay-per-view. In order for that to happen, you got to have a game opponent. It's going to be some kind of crazy person like that, though. If it's not Pacquiao, who was another name, man, you brought up? We were laughing about, and we were like, was it Sean Porter? We were talking about Liam Smith. No, but before that, I'm saying, remember me and you were saying, like, what Walter Wick could they bring up to fight Canalo next? Was it Sean Porter? Uh, no, Tim Bradley? Was it Bradley? But Bradley had laws. It had to be somebody yeah, that had yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I remember me and you joking, and you were like, 
we was like, you can't call Jose Louis, uh, Jose Jose Cito Lopez a murder because they already did that already. Yeah. Like, yeah who's yeah. next? Yeah, I'm trying. Like, kind of making a joke about it, but no, it may be serious <clears> though. I mean, this it's. Yeah, I mean this. It's weird, man. Because, I mean, I think I think Ryder Die thinks, I think he's the one who thinks. Um, Sleep do too. Both of them think it. They they're adamant that Pacquiao's going to beat him. Well, he the, the thing the thing with Canelo. All right, I, I should say the difference with Margarito and Canelo is that Margarito knew how to cut the distance really fast, right. and I mean he, right. we've seen him do it mm-hmm. with. Guys who were either boxers or sluggers or what have you. I mean, he just kind of had. He, and mind you, he he went through hell to do it. You know, again, you know, you know, with we'll no regard to defense to get his four off. Right. I got yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, the the thing the thing with that fight. I mean, look, I'll say this, man. Look. Uh, I I kind of made the analogy where it could be a situation with Canelo where we've seen him like with Khan. Where I, if you had to fight three two or four one for Khan, like you were in the right ballpark, as far as like the effectiveness and 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 just like how Canelo reacts to shots. Now with Pacquiao, we've seen him go up and wait and wait and wait, and I think there's a point with every single fighter where when you go up to a certain limit, no matter what weight you know fighter at that weight you fight, you might just be too small. And I thought for a long time that Canelo would just lay Manny out, and not to and and like I'm I'm not saying that like that I, that like I think Pacquiao is would, would slaughter <laughs> Canelo like I think Ryder Die was talking about too, but I mean no, they think that it's going to be like a tattoo parlor, like he just running yeah. around, like yeah, like where where Canelo Ooh, can't catch listen, him. If they fought at like a catch week, I would agree with him. Like if they fought. Like, Pacquiao do had a style that can give him hell. The problem is there's weight classes for a reason. I know that's such a cliche. Right. It's like, it, okay, you're right. right. Yeah, but the, uh, the, the, the parallel, I'll, well, the, the analogy I'll make, right, and I looked at it, I look at it from both sides because Canelo, again, man, like, you know, you, you know how, like, certain fighters, and, and I think Canelo's at his peak. I mean, I I really no, think he I mean, he's not he, he's not a bad fighter. That's the thing about it. Yeah, like he's not. He's, like he's, he's limited with things, but yeah, he's bigger um, and he's better. Yeah. I yeah, I think with Pacquiao, the thing that's made him such a good fighter is that his unorthodox style, where he's not a traditional one-two fighter. Right. He doesn't really set much up with a jab. Like he he's just. Yeah. His instincts are just very, very like at one point I should say, were very hard to deal with. But, no, you're right. No, you're absolutely correct. You make great points. Yeah. But again, like we and look, I'm guilty of this with Miguel Cotto, where not that I thought that he got better as a fighter with Freddie Roach, but like I think there's times where just something like confidence. Brings you like to an ex. I wouldn't say another level, but like it, it, it kind of plays a part in a fight. You know where where right. you know some right. fighters fall back, and but I think with Pacquiao it might be kind of the same thing. But I I could see that happening. But like I'll, I'll draw the analogy. Like Canelo's in a situation where like if you think of the Pacquiao fight, where you know 154 is wow. riddled with sharks. 
right? <laughs> right. And right. and when sixty, you got the great white, you know, the 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 the, the you know the twenty footer. Mm-hmm. But then you look down below, and you see. You know, with, with, with you know a, a, a lot of bass and a lot of um, you know smaller fish, beneath well, bass is a, you know uh, right, clear right, water right. or you know clear water, right. but you know think of bonitas I know like saying. smaller right, fish. Right. But you might run into like a little piranha, and mm-hmm. those do just as much damage as the sharks and the great white, just in a different fashion. That could play out, but again, we have to factor in that. And you said it again: there are weight classes for a reason. And Pacquiao a body shot, knocked out. A body shot, a body yeah. shot. You know, um, uh, overhand right. That you don't. You know, it's just so much stuff and, can go wrong with a bigger guy. And also, when you see fighters that have been knocked out in lower weight classes, chances are they're going to have trouble with fighters with power in higher weight classes. Now, for for Canelo Alvarez, I, I don't know how far his stock goes up if he beats Manny Pacquiao because going into the fight, I mean, look, it really is the quintessential David versus Goliath because Manny Pacquiao still had this as a 140-pounder, man. Uh, when we saw him fight Floyd Mayweather, I mean, you saw the size difference. And even at the weigh-in and when they first met, you're like kind of like, damn, man, like he really is like smaller than Floyd. And Floyd, even against Canelo, like height-wise was about the same, but like you saw kind of the girth, the difference with Canelo Alvarez. And I, I can't imagine it won't be that much more in this fight, as we saw with Miguel Cotto, who naturally girth size is bigger than Manny Pacquiao. Pause. So... It's it's kind of it's kind of a situation where you think of the Oscar De La Hoya fight, can it play out like that? We're not going to see a dehydrated Canelo Alvarez unless they do put some type of rehydrate clause that does bother Canelo Alvarez, who is used to coming in fight night at 175. Some some Canelo said, I mean, excuse me, uh, Con said 180. So does that play as a crutch for Canelo Alvarez going into the fight? Because, look, if that happens, there could be a situation where Pacquiao does just run circles around him. And, you know, Pacquiao will come in small. He's not going to beef up. So it really depends on the weight, man. I mean, I really think the weight and the, and the hydrate clause, and, and people got to remember this, Pacquiao is still that guy that has a, a, a higher up on Canelo, when you think of who can call shots, he is right, Floyd right, Mayweather right. levelish when you right. in that department. So he can call the shots. And look, I don't think a lot of people would argue that <laughs> they're. I mean, I agree that, that Canelo should really just start fighting middleweights. But if you're going to fight Manny Pacquiao and he calls that shot on you, you you either take it or leave it. You know, right. and he, you know, he says the same thing with Golovkin. And look, Golovkin said, "Well, you know, we're not doing that." Right. If they approach it like that, and that's your only. No, that's fight. a good point, though, about the the see, Oscar. Remember, remember when you and I talked. I said he's doing this kid a disservice. I know people looking at why he's making no money. I'm like, yeah, that may be true, but I think he's uh, he's doing him a, a disservice on a on, on a simple fact that him 
blatantly not fighting Tanawa, excuse me, Triple G, the whole week thing, and now you yeah. got to fight in yet another Walter Week, a Walter Week, mind you, that has juice and power, like you said. So if he does fight Pacquiao, rest assured there'll be a rehydration calls in effect. Yeah. And that could play a part in that fight, man. I mean, I think when you, when you look at Canelo making 155, he ain't making it with smiles on his face. I mean, he's looking very pasty, very dry, and he bulks up to like 180. We saw like with fighters like Ricky Hatton and, and other guys that kind of balloon like Roberto Duran like ballooned up a lot in weight. Like Canelo really doesn't do that. But I mean, I would argue Canelo's around like 185 walk around weight, you know, and, and to get down to 155 and you continue, you know, continuing to do that. And now you got to like hold up on the weight. You're going to fight the night of the fight. And though I don't know if this was disclosed. I mean, I did read that, that there was no rehydrate clause. Canelo only came in like 164 for Floyd. And before and after that fight, he would come in 175, 170. Well, 170. So I was like, that was it. Because they showed the fight night weight. And I was like, that's interesting. When I, when I, when I was looking at my man, I'm like, because I thought the whole thing was he was going to be like a buck 72, buck 73. And he came in 164. I'm like, hmm. And I'm not saying that played a part in the fight, but that was also three years ago. Now we're dealing with a Canelo who hasn't made 154 in, what, three years? And now here comes a guy like Manny Pacquiao who's going to bring a fan base, who's going to bring in, you know, who's gonna, who, who creates an event, and he's going to be the draw in this fight. He's going to have to take every demand that Pacquiao take, that gets. Otherwise... You're going to fight who you know Liam Smith or who, or whoever that you know nobody knows unless you start fighting some of these middleweights or these junior you know these junior middleweights. But it's like it, it seems like they're purposely staying away from that batch of fighters. Like I've never seen in an era where you had all these fighters and Canelo Alvarez is like in the prime of his career. He's not a veteran who can kind of like be at a point where. You know, he's fought the best, and now he can kind of pick and choose. But, but like you kind of said, man, like that's, I guess, this era of the sport, if you have that type of pool, like Canelo obviously does. So it would be rather interesting. And look, man, we're coming off the NBA Finals, <laughs> where okay. a lot right. of us are wearing egg on our face because, you know, I was somebody who right. picked Golden State to, you know, beat Cleveland in six. Some yeah. people said sweep. Hey, you were somebody that was like, you know, saying, well, eh. I, I, when it was up 3-1, I was like, ah, I kind of wave it off. But, you know, I you know, I had picked them to win. I just was like a player that greed if he's going to win back to lose back to back finals. You know? Right. But, um, and, and, but anyway, get, and, you know, we've seen our share, man, of like, <laughs> you know, things blowing up in people's faces, man. And no, we do. Oscar, we do. And Oscar and knows that firsthand, man, you know, especially well, when it concerns like when he fought Pacquiao. <laughs> You know, it all comes back to weaseling your way out of situations. And there's only so much weaseling you can do. Like, there's only yeah. so much weaseling you can do. And you got to be careful with this situation because he's not American. I will say that. Like, don't think that he's going to fade out in five rounds and you're going to knock him out. Like, he could actually look very sloppy in this fight if he's not careful. You know, if he don't have the right game plan 
Or let's just say Pacquiao takes a punch, you know, takes one of his punches and is able to move around and do his herky his normal herky-jerky stuff that he's have, had so much success. Now, on the surface, on paper, Canelo is dog food for Pacquiao. That style is what Pacquiao eats for lunch. You know, right. you know the style that gives Pacquiao trouble is when you gotta when you gotta uh, make him chase you and mm-hmm. set track for him. That's the style that gives him trouble. But the guys that chase we saw it firsthand with Cotto. I will never forget how Cotto. And I was like, no, I just I just never. I remember yelling at the TV when Cotto was like trying to walk him down. I was like, no, no. <laughs> I just saw it unfolding like. I was but so mad, the thing, the man. thing with Canelo though, he doesn't really walk people down though. Like I mean, he's he's well, actually he like a better counter puncher. So yeah, yeah. He, he's the a pretty good counter puncher, but it, 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 it's it's kind of a deal where Pacquiao. He's so um, little, man. It's hard not to walk him. Down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, but, dude. He, but that's the thing, man. That's where people make again. People make the mistake of. And I, and I and this is why I make the the the, the analogy with the, you know with the piranha is you know piranhas look like that's actually a good analogy that's a great analogy um, by the way um, piranhas look and, and you know you know shout to my pops who you know I've been out in Palm Beach you in the ocean like from there. back in the day man <laughs> you, you, you know amongst the Atlantic yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah man I mean I mean we're all up in the Atlantic but right, I mean, no we're, I'm but in the warm Atlantic I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, no, let, no, we're not actually, because here we're surrounded by these muddy rivers. We got oh, the Atlantic, word. obviously, the Jersey Shore, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. But, you know, you're literally, like, you can pull down a street and go into the ocean, you know? Yeah, man, got yeah. These, uh, we, got the, we got the beautiful Delaware River while you're, you know, got the beautiful Clearwater and, <laughs> you know, the Fort Lauderdale beaches and the Hollywood yeah, beaches, man, you yeah. know? Well, we got the Delaware uh, River, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, I think, I mean, I think you, know, um, you know, before, obviously, you know, because we got to wrap this show, but we're going to get to I'm the meat kidding, and potatoes. Yeah. Um, I, I, the thing about you know, the, the piranha is that it looks like a fish that isn't harmful. And when you least expect it and you try to reel it in, or even in the case where, like, you know, you're swimming around it, I think it tear you up. And and I and I and shout to ROD man that he 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 was shouting out Pacquiao calling him Itchy the Killer, you know uh, you know and anybody who hasn't seen that movie please see it it's it's pretty uh, graphic and ridiculous but we got we got to do a show one day my dude and do our our, our eighty cult movie like mix oh, it man. in with the show one week and that's a later I one though too you, but like yeah I guarantee you people will be all on board. So you think just like when you were telling me. About the, a lot of these movies, you think you're alone when you watch this stuff. Where yeah, like the stuff, <laughs> the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I mean, yo, like I, we go way back. I mean, we're probably like we're probably like aging ourselves, but it, it, it is what it is, man. I mean, like, but all right, let's get into I mean, the meat and potatoes, man. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on the whole Canelo that. and Galapagos yeah. situation because I mean, we're gonna we're gonna know real soon because I mean, we're uh, we're already I in, can't like, believe a year in June. Getting into July. It's crazy, man. The summer is almost over. What the hell is going on in our world today? This is nuts, dude. Like, I mean. Somebody was like, you ever get like an invitation? I know this happened to you, right? I got an invitation for something for September. I say this every time. You're telling me, and you're like, yeah. but but No, this is another one. This is a whole other invitation. Somebody's having a housewarming. 
September something. I'm like, why are you, why would somebody want to ruin my summer right now and send me this? <laughs> but if you think about it, though, you can't get mad at people because I know you know that's this only like a family guy. You gotta I mean, know here's... in advance because like every weekend something's going on, like relatives with your kids, wife, whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, but let me let me throw another another one at you. Football season is gonna be starting in a month and a half. <laughs> Preseason, at least. Yeah, and I was yeah, telling my man that today, and he yeah, looked at me how, like, "How crazy wow. is that?" <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah, no. um, so, so in any case, man, to it, the main event, man. Um, we we've been waiting for this fight. It was supposed to happen it's about in a year, March. to be honest with you. True you that, almost. Ball. I mean, yeah. we were talking about like even well, I would say like eight nine months, like December. This I, they were talking about this fight maybe happening. Then it, maybe January. Then it got finalized for March. Then you know somebody got in a car accident, and now we're here. Keith Thurman versus Sean. I like Porter. how you said that. Somebody got in a car accident. Very well put. <laughs> <laughs> um, you left your opinion out of it. Just somebody got in that car and that was that. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we're, this is uh, for the WBA welterweight championship in Brooklyn, and uh, again, like this was a fight we've been waiting for. Now, before I get to that, one of the undercards that was supposed to be on this fight is not happening. Abner Mars versus uh, Jesus Cuellar, which was a fight I was actually really looking forward to. I know, um, man. It's not happening. It got rescheduled, I, or it's getting rescheduled, I think, to next month. So that kind of, like, was a little bit of a shot to the car because I saw the I, – I, I didn't take – I took a quick look, but, like, you're obviously waiting for the main event, obviously. But uh, we've been – man, we've been very opinionated about this fight. We've been very opinionated um, on both guys, but, you know, obviously particularly there's – the the, the the jury's still kind of out on Keith Thurman. And I think naturally because, A, yeah, he is undefeated, um, he has shown vulnerabilities against guys like uh, Sotokaras, uh, uh, Luis Collazo, who's um, been a fringe contender, but an older fighter who managed to hurt um, Thurman to the body. And he fought uh, Bundu in a fight where, mind you, look, Bundu made it really tough for him. He did drop him. Uh, I mean, it's Thurman. He did, he did drop Bundu. And it made it, it, made it a difficult fight. Now, um, with, with, with Sean Porter, uh, you know, he got a lot of notoriety being, uh, you know, sparring with, 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 you know, with Manny Pacquiao. And look, to his credit, he's fought and beaten Devin Alexander, uh, Adrian Broner. Uh, he fought an older Polly Malinaji, mind you, a guy that gave Adrian Broner a lot of problems. And on on paper, he does have, uh, you know, a better resume. You know, and, and uh, Thurman's fought Robert Guerrero. But, you know, when you think of notable guys, I mean, Sean Porter, I mean, we forget sometimes he has fought and beaten notable guys. Uh, the, the only loss to Sean Porter is Kel Brook, who is the IBF champion. And it's a very interesting fight. And I think when you think about the division, the, the welterweight division, that I think at one point was kind of shallow, you know, because divisions kind of do that. You know, they, they, they have their down point, their ups and downs. And, and I think we're getting to a point where this division is, um, you know, when we think of 154, I think, in my opinion, being one of the best divisions in boxing, I think welterweight 
could kind of create that type of bubble too. When you when you think of the potential fights that can happen, and, and I think this being the first of those fights, when you think of the potentials of, you know, I mentioned the Kell Brooks and there's the, the Danny Garcia's out there. I mean, Broner's still obviously a, a, a name out there. And then, you know, um, uh, Jesse Vargas, who's, you know, going to be fighting Kell Brook in September. Um, it, it's a really interesting fight as far as the, how it could play out. We did see the sparring session that was leaked. And some people can draw conclusions to that, but, you know, you do got to keep in mind that sparring is sparring and a real fight can, you know, obviously be completely different. Um, I'll let you, uh, uh, Coltrane, I'll let you take it away as far as, you know, how you see this fight playing out. And, you know, I'll give you, you know, who I think uh, is going to win and how I see it playing out. Um, First of all, I think this fight, is very important for the welterweight division. Uh, one of the reasons why is because it kind of it's a it's, it's it's a start to a lot of things that's going to unfold. You know, um, this fight puts a lot of other pieces in motion, like far as like the other players in the division. And this is the first world welterweight fight we had uh, post Mayweather and Pacquiao. You know, let's just say Pacquiao because you know. Allegedly, he's supposed to be retired. So this is the first world live welterweight fight that we had. Porter has fought a lot of game guys. Um, he's fought a great – now, you could probably say Porter – let me re- step back there. Porter did fight Kell Brook, but a lot of people don't know who Kell Brook is, and we don't really know – still don't really know who he is. He, he fought a very good fight against Porter. We'll give him props for that. And like you like you pulled it out, Roberto Porter has been in there with some good fighters, you know, but he's in there with a contemporary now. Keith Thurman is a guy that a lot of the pundits, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, boxing uh, scribes out there have painted this picture of him being like this 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 next guy to kind of carry the banter, you know, and. He's been fighting a lot of fringe, and I put a post on Instagram. You know, basically, basically today he's been fighting fringe contenders and gatekeepers. You know, arguably the biggest name he, the biggest name he has fought was Robert DeGos Guerrero, who's another kind of a fringe contender. So it was like fringe contender versus you know up and coming guy. You know, so Louis Colazzo, he fought another. He's a gatekeeper. So we don't really know who the hell Keith Thurman is. You know, we don't know. Um, what do I think of him as a fighter? I think he's a pretty decent fighter. I don't think he's like, like when I, I don't, there's no wow factor for me personally when I see Keith Thurman. I see a guy that's pretty athletic, uh, has really good body punches, put his punches together well. Um, he has some pretty good boxing skills, but I also see a lot of flaws there as well. Like, you know, he holds his hands low sometimes. Um, He's not. He doesn't. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't take punches well to the body. Um, I think if you're able to, you know, uh, attack his body, I think he goes in. He, he goes into retreat mode, and we saw that when he fought Louis Colazzo. Again, this was a, a gatekeeper kind of guy who had him out on his feet. Um, but every everybody's uh, entitled to have a bad day, so I'm not going to take nothing away from him for that. But I do think that some fighters have certain flaws, and I just think his flaw is that. You punch him in the stomach, you know, you got a chance at beating him. And 
So Porter is a guy that I had high hopes for after he beat Paul Amali Naji, but then right after that he lost to Kel Brook. But Kel Brook could have just been a bad matchup for him. Sean Porter is the type of guy that put pressures on you. He's kind of like a poor man's Mike Tyson slash Shane Mosley, where, like, those kind of guys is, like, they got a quick first step, almost like a basketball player that does a jab step and just kind of blow by you with one dribble. And he just, his whole thing is to get underneath your jab and crowd you and bully, play bully ball. Um, the unfortunate part about that, if that doesn't work, then what's next? Like, you got to have other facets to your game, like a jab. And Keith Thurman does have a jab. Like, he, like as far as boxing skills, skills go, he's more skillful than Sean Porter. He really is. And somebody got to be the better boxer. And I know my shout-out to our homie RLD who, who like to, you know, call these kind of fights anti-science. But, you know, it comes a time where you got to point out, you got to pick a guy who's just, just the better, more scientific guy. In this particular case, it's Keith Thurman. I think he has a better jab. I think he has better footwork. I think he has better keep away, uh, a keep-away game. And not necessarily running, but I just think that he can keep a, a – a, see, I think guys like Porter, if you keep a good sound distance away from them, arm's length, you can beat guys like him. We saw it with Kel Brook. I think he's going to try to execute that same game plan. The problem with Keith Thurman is he just got to be careful that he doesn't allow Porter to get into his comfort space, and that's into the interior, um, interior of his body. If he's not able to do that, he will probably go to sleep in the fight. But I got to believe that this guy, how long has it been, Roberto? Give me the time frame again. How long has this fight been put off? I mean, I, well, officially March, but, I mean, from when the inception of it being talked about and being so, official, I mean, people were talking so about let me, it happening last December. So let me ask you this. If you had a chance to take an SAT, so this tomorrow, you know, this was the original date you were scheduled for this Saturday, but for somehow, some reason, you were able to get out of it and study more for it six months from now. How you how how would you do on that test? Well, let's just say six weeks, not six months. How do you think you would do on a test opposed to taking it tomorrow? Oh no, yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're going. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think... and that's. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Like he had a year to prepare for this guy, and yeah. I just think that the the the, the whatever. You, listen, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I have mine. Everybody has their own. I personally think that he wasn't ready at that particular time, but I think he'll be ready on Saturday night, and I think he'll be victorious. I think he'll beat Sean Porter um, on points. But I do think it'll be an entertaining fight, you know. But I, I think that um he'll he'll win on Saturday. Um, I just think he, the distance and the spacing is going to be what gives Porter what gives Porter trouble. Because I've seen Thurman get on his bike and, and he kind of knew how to do it. So when I saw that, I'm like, uh, because you know originally I picked Porter to win the fight, but one night he matter of fact it was a night we was doing a show or something, and he was that fight was on. When he was able, when he was like kind of on his bike, I'm like, well, you know what? If he he fight. could actually do this, he could actually do this and 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 win the fight going away. So I'm going with Thurman. That's that. That's why I was mentioning the Bundu fight being, you know, that that being that's a tough fight, fight for him. But but the, the thing the thing that he did in that fight though, and I, I don't like I'm not saying this to like give him any like major credit or anything, but like he kind of like. At points was learning, well, not learning, but like he he was playing the distance game with Bundu. I mean, the thing with Bundu though was, 
Uh, and I don't think uh, Porter can apply this type of game plan, like, consistently without, like – because, look, mind you, Bundu was getting hit in that fight. It wasn't like Bundu was, like, missing – you know, he was missing shots on Bundu. It was just – he's really a tough guy. The problem with Porter is he comes straight forward at you, you know, and, and he's kind of a mauler sometimes. And and there's a lot of times where he overextends his shots and he, and he has his head, like, right into your chest, and he kind of crowds you. The thing with Thurman, he – I think he's soft to the body – but, like, Porter, I mean, I don't think he's as big a body puncher to, to like, really – I mean, but then again, like, Koyazu isn't either. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, 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 think, I, I think it's going to be a situation where he's going to play – Thurman's going to play the distance game with him. And, and, and again, like, I, I think Thurman has a better array of combinations and, and shots. And, and I think between both – I mean, Thurman's shown that, like, he can crack, man. Um, I mean, not like, obviously, one-punch one knockout power, but, I mean, we've seen him hurt guys. And I think with Thurman, uh, I mean, I think with, um, with, with with Porter, if Porter, if he doesn't give him lateral movement and he doesn't come in, I mean, and again, like, I, I don't expect him to do that because he's not that type of fighter. If he if, if Thurman starts unloading on those uppercuts, man, I mean, he can really hurt Porter, man. And I'm picking Thurman on points, and I think uh, uh, Porter's going gonna, to – he's going to make it – try to make it a, a, a rugged fight. And I think at points Thurman's going to try to play the tactical route. But I feel like at some point in the fight, like, Thurman, uh, Porter might get dropped from, like, a, like, you know, just a looping uppercut or just, like, a lead right hand. But I think he's going to win on points because, I mean, Porter is a tough guy. But I think in the Kell Brook fight, I think we've seen that he can make it an ugly fight, but, like, Thurman might be the guy that just lands the more noticeable shots and yeah, then man. just win those rounds, you know what I mean? So and, 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 I, I yeah, have him and, winning a, a unanimous decision. Let me ask you something real quick before we wrap up. Do you feel like this is this fight is more about Keith Thurman than it is about Sean Porter? Absolutely, I said it before. I mean, I think yeah. that's what it is. The jury yeah. is kind yeah. of still out on Thurman, and right, no doubt. But we already mentioned know like, who Porter is right. We know who yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, right? We, we, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not because he lost to to yeah, it's Tom not necessarily. Just kind of. You know, you described him best. He's a mauler. He's a guy that wants to crowd you. And I and I said he's a poor man, Shane Mosley, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and even with Shane, I mean, he's not as good as Shane, but he's a right. poor man, Shane. <laughs> yeah, you um, know what I mean? People don't realize Shane was really good. I know it ended yeah. bad, like, in the end, but that guy was good, man. Some people, people argue with like that. Like, he just like, made the no, go ahead. made bad decisions. No, I was, no, you're right. He made bad decisions. But then again, I mean, the guy who's poor. Tough fights, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's, that's kind of what you want. So, and it's what we right. ask of all these fighters, man. Right. And it's funny because right. Mosley, in this day and age, with, with with like a lot of fighters, like they wouldn't fight a Vernon Ford. He started all that lightweight. Oh, People don't even realize that. Like he started out at 135. He started out that went straight to 147. Yeah, for yeah, the Oscar yeah. Fight. I mean, I remember and that. Even, and then even fight Julian. And then even fight at 140. Went straight nah, to 47. Skipped it all together. Yeah, it yeah, but anyhow, so but I think uh, so we 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 we're we're in agreement that this is more about Keith Thurman than it is about you. No no disrespect to Sean Porter, but we right. kind of already know who you are. We want to know who Keith Thurman is. 
No, I fight for me, man. It really is. That's kind of that's the kind of the whole ordeal, man. I mean, I think I think it's a situation where you know. And and and, and 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 just to circle back, just so people don't think like I'm ragging on him, and in boxing, and I, I'm not saying like he stays the car accident and all that, but if you go back to the history of boxing, there's been a lot of great fighters that prolong their camp, so to speak, cancel fights, just just so their fighter can get ready. And normally when you see that, the guy is more ready than probably ever. And I do think that extra time helped him out. I'm going to be honest with you. I think he's going to be a lot more ready than he maybe he was a few months back. And I just think he's just a better fighter. And I'm not a big Keith Thurman guy like that because I still don't really know who he is. But he can show me something in this fight. I just think he's a better fighter than Porter. I really do. I think he, he, does, all the thing, he does all the things that you need to do to win a fight against a guy that's coming straight forward, going 90 miles per hour towards you, rushing you and charging you. Right. I think it's going to be a good fight. You know, I've canceled some uh, some plans, believe it or not, because it kind of messed up everything once it came, became June 25th because I had something already <laughs> on the books. But the good thing about my family, they know I'm a boxing nut, so nobody's going to be mad at me for <laughs> canceling the, these plans. Because I don't want to watch this on DVR. Like, I really want to see this fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I want to see this live. I'm going to be honest with you. And we live in a world today it's hard to watch something without you running into somebody or accidentally looking at a text or somebody telling you what's going on. So I want to see it, man. Well, um, before I forget, actually, there's going to be fights on Showtime. I mean, I think they're going to be during the day, but they may air them um, later at night. Uh, it's going to be a triple header. Anthony Joshua making his first defense of the IBF title against Dominic Bazile. Uh That's going to be, you know, for um, his first title defense. George Groves against Martin Murray. Um, kind of a fight that's been slept on, you know, not talked much about. That's going to be for the WBA super middleweight, uh, or it's a, an eliminator. And then uh, Chris Eubank Jr., who we spoke about earlier, <laughs> he's fighting Tom Duran for the British middleweight title. Now, I don't know if that leads into a fight with him in Golovkin. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, that's going to be on Showtime. There's also a PBC on NBC Sports Net. That's going to be Justin Deloach and Junior Castillo, you know, just, you know, up-and-coming fighters. Um, Mike Alvarado is fighting on Unimas against Josh Torres. Um, so that's that's this Saturday. But obviously, you know, the fight we're all looking forward to, Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, um, I I don't know who Ryder Dye had. Um, I mean, I know he's been real critical <laughs> of Keith Thurman. I mean, from I mean for a lot of things, but I mean, I think both you and I. I mean, I, we had Thurman win in the fight. I don't know. I, I guess we'll speak to R.O.D. Uh, tomorrow. And um, that's pretty much the show, man. Um, like I said, man, I mean, I'm, I'm real excited for this weekend. And uh, I, like I said, I almost forgot the Showtime fight. So I mean, we got actually like a, a full weekend of fights, but. Like I said, man, we got a, a battle in Brooklyn. We'll see what happens. It starts at nine o'clock Eastern time on CBS. I believe there's going to be three pre or two previous fights, and then we're going to get the the main event from Brooklyn, New York, at the Barclays Center, man. So until next week, you know we'll be covering the fight. We got more fights lined up. Uh, July is creeping up halfway through 2016, and you know we're now going to start to see what fights marinate for the fall, man. So until next week, I am Roberto Flack from the man Coltrane. Uh, follow no. us. 
at Garju Girl Boxing, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow uh, Coltrane at Coltrane1978. You can follow me at Roberto underscore Flack, Twitter and Instagram. So stay tuned for next week, and we'll check you all next. Peace. Peace.